With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. From the era that brought you names like Chamberlain, Russell, and West. The Chamberlain, he's got it! Jerry West made it from the other side of the mid-court strike! To the glory days of Magic and Kareem. And Magic Johnson is out there celebrating! Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is on the brink of an NBA all-time record. From a time where last-second shots were expected. Here comes Kobe. From way outside. Got it! Oh, man! Gets it to LeBron. For three for the win! Yes! And rings were handed out like candy. Here's Troy. Yes! It was all over. It's Duncan Dynasty with your host, Garrett Bougay, and it starts right now. Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty alongside my co host, Corbin Ford. I am Garrett Bougay. And uh, we've got a very fun episode for you guys listening. This one's going to be kind of a free-flowing conversation. We're just going to be talking all things basketball, what we love about the game, some of our experiences, you know, playing and growing up around the sport, and also some stuff like our favorite players, our favorite teams, you know, and just in general what we love about the game of basketball. Uh, but uh, Corbin, thanks so much for, for joining me. And, and the, the first thing I have to ask you, you know, last, uh, last couple episodes were your first as co-host, and, and I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to figure out something from you. You know, now that you're a co-host and you have half the rights to Duncan Dynasty, I was wondering if, uh, if that means I now have 50% stake in your intro on NBA Today. Yo, 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 hey, hi, hello. Yo, you know what? <laughs> you, are, you are free to have at that, sir. Yes, I think that is something we just shared. Um, I loved your intro. It's fire. I had to make do with, you know, my, my little, little ringtone kind of thing that came to my head. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all even in this. If I could steal that theme music and that voiceover, man, I totally would. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to figure out all the details later. But, uh, but yeah, I wanted to, <laughs> wanted to get this started with, uh, you know, a pretty, pretty simple question in that, like, what, what attracted you to the, to the game of basketball maybe at, a, at an early age? Okay, so for me, it, it really starts with my pops. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and my, my pops, he was a sports fan in general, or is a sports fan in general, but basketball was like number one. My earliest memories were like, you know, in, being kind of wheeled out to watch him play at the parks, um, and then, you know, in between games or something, trying to grab the ball and take my own shots. It was fun. That, that was my thing from the jump. Um, shooting. <laughs> Just waiting to be a ball hog even at an early age. But growing up, you know, watching on TV, I'm falling in love with Round Ball Rock, the intro NBA on NBC, um, 
that's actually my ringtone now. Uh, <laughs> <just having laughs> that's gonna become a that's gonna become a a, a, a a drinking game now. Is is every episode listen for when we mention Round Ball Rock? Oh, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> it's it's so iconic and it sticks in my head. Like, oh my goodness. Anyway, like growing up, it was that. Um, picking a favorite team was interesting. I know we're gonna go over that, but I loved. I had a team I picked. I'll reveal it later. And I just everyone about them I followed and then wanted to emulate. But I think growing up what made it different for me is understanding that, okay, my skill set may be different, and this was like a 10-year-old Corbin thinking this, than like, let's say, uh, a Ray Allen or a guy I really like to watch Glenn Robinson at the time. But I just take certain things, and the more I learn, the more I watch, the more I can pick up, you know? So it was, it was fun to have, I don't know, this, this love of emulating just my pops growing up playing and wanting to play, but also the competitive nature of it, the beauty of the sport, um, just falling in love with watching the game and then when I can go in the backyard and then play the game and it, it's been something that's been, you know, joined in the hip with me from, I want to say, age six and through now. And it's obviously getting older and plays and legacies and, and things of that sort and, and really um, building the, uh, the complexity of the love for it. But at first, I was like love at first sight, honestly, or love at first shot, I should say. Yeah, I, I, um, I have a similar experience to you in terms of, you know, developing a, a passion for for not only basketball but sports in general from my dad you know he had me playing just about every sport imaginable he had me in little kickers soccer he had me playing t-ball he had me playing basketball from probably age five and up uh, and uh, he was also the coach of every one of those teams even though he knew nothing about the sport of soccer he still was the coach uh, but, uh, yeah, he, you know, he, he also was a, was a player himself. He ended up actually as a freshman in college being a walk-on at Ohio University. Uh, you know, didn't end up playing a lot, but still was, uh, was, was a college-level player. So uh, I learned a lot about the fundamentals of the game from him. And, and, uh, and yeah, love for, for a whole bunch of sports. Was it basically, uh, with your dad, was it exclusively basketball, or did he have more of a, a wide variety with you? Oh, no, he had more of a wide variety. In fact, baseball was his sport of choice. Okay. Um, basketball was just his close second. I adopted the love of basketball and then just solely centered into it. Um, even though I ended up doing, like, track and field football, other sports, well. But for him, he had a great baseball player. Um, played football. He, I mean, not only was a good QB then, but growing up, you know, we'd play the back, our turkey bowl, you know, give the kids the neighborhood. He, I mean, he was a jack-of-all-trades as far as sports was concerned. Whereas, you know, I had in other attributes as far as other sports i could use my speed um speed was the one thing that kind of carried over through everything um but basketball i had a lot more uh, attributes i felt that i could implement better than just being a one-trick pony in baseball or a one-trick pony in football where it's like oh you're a kick returner oh you're you know designated runner because i couldn't hit for anything in baseball so you know it was, <laughs> um, it, was, it was fun that way but no he he was just it reminds me like you're saying a lot like yours in the sense of a jack of all trades sports wise and basketball just being one of those many loves yeah, my dad was actually, you said your dad was a quarterback. My dad was a punter on the football team. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, um, the the interesting thing, yeah, talking about the jack-of-all-trades, I didn't really uh, expand much. You know, obviously early on I played just about everything, but going into middle school and high school it really was just basketball, and I played baseball for a few years. Uh, but, yeah, you know, having read a little bit of, uh, of David Epstein's book, Range, Looking back, I kind of wish I had had played more sports like soccer and tennis 
early on. I think those would have helped in terms of leg strength and, and some of those other balance skills that you need in the sport of basketball. Obviously, Hakeem Olajuwon benefited greatly from being a, a, a soccer player in his youth and how that skills yeah. those skills transferred to his, uh, his playing days in the NBA. Whereas, you know, baseball, I, I did enjoy playing it, but looking back, it's like, you know, playing baseball didn't really, I don't think, benefit me much on the basketball court. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to kind of find out what type of skill sets in my line translate from one to the other. And like I said, I was pitiful in baseball. I actually did a year of Little League growing up because my brothers were much, much superior in that sport than I was. Uh, to the point that I made the team, but it was like, okay, one of my brothers would go at bat get on base and then for the slowest one I would come in as the runner it was amazingly fun but obviously short-lived because two years in a row okay this is my only thing I can add to this game and like aside from being an outfielder which was okay I could not hit and I was like I already have a sport I'm really good at and I love doing so let me just go back to that <laughs> right well, yeah. What did you, let's let's move on then to and talk a little bit about our our high school playing days. I guess I'll start with me. One of the things that was was a little bit unusual about my career was that my junior year, which you know typically would be a year where you would get you know playing time, being an upperclassman, you would start to get into the rotation or even a starter on on the varsity team. I ended up being mostly a bench warmer because. The varsity team my junior year actually made the elite eight in the state of Ohio. Oh, we, snap. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, we uh, we had a uh, we had a really good coach, and he's actually still the uh, the coach uh, to this day of the the high school team here in Finley, Ohio, which is in in Northwest Ohio. the The team was uh, actually the only public school that made it out of the entire Elite Eight. So we had a we had quite a heck of a run. We had a team that had kind of uh, um, four guys that were all really good at shooting. Even our center, who was 6'5", could shoot the three ball. So we played uh, an off... We have an offense that was kind of uh, a four-out style. Um, and then the one guy that couldn't shoot, he was kind of our, uh, you know, scrapper, rebounder type. We, uh, we ended up, yeah, making a great run. Ended up losing to... Saint uh, Saint Edwards in the Elite Eight, and they actually had a guy that that went to Michigan State who was six eight, and another guy that uh, went to Indiana who was six eight. So they just overwhelmed us with size, uh, and that's why we didn't end up uh, making the Final Four. But it was a really fun run, and and one of our players even uh, ended up playing for uh, Bowling Green State University. So we had some some pretty good talent on that team. That is solid, man. Wow. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So I was definitely a, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the greatest athlete. I'm six two, but, uh, you know, I, I don't jump very high. I'm not, uh, I'm not very fast or quick. So a lot of my game was predicated on skill development. You know, I, I didn't spend any time in the weight room, but I spent a ton of time on the actual court. Um, so, uh, you know, I was, I had a pretty good handle. I could shoot the three ball. I was kind of our team's, my senior year when I did end up starting on varsity. And, uh, you know, I think I was our team's second leading scorer. I was kind of the, 
the Kyle Korver, Reggie Miller role where anytime we needed a three, they would run an action to get me a shot. You know, I, uh, I was a right-handed shooter, but I was actually better going left. I was pretty comfortable driving that way. The, the other thing, though, too, is, you know, I spent a lot of time working on my mid-range game, you know, the step backs, the, the moves to create separation. But our coach was, was pretty much all about the fundamentals, and he didn't give a lot of leeway to uh, the, the, the most of the roster in terms of kind of going one-on-one in isolation because, you know, in high school there's no, there's no shot clock. So um, there's not, uh, you know, a lot of coaches I think are against making a difficult one-on-one move as a main source of offense. You know, so, so mostly my high school days, I was primarily, a, you know, played a pretty uh, modern analytical style where I shot a lot of threes and otherwise I, I got to the rim. That's, you know what's funny? Picture perfect style of what I would imagine as far as you saying, hey, I have attention to details, I stick to shot profiles, like that is, <laughs> that's solid. <laughs> Alright, so then that helps explain mine, because growing up, that's one thing that I didn't have. My, my pops would always teach, trying to show me, hey, let's go to the basics, let's practice. I was one of those guys, roll the ball, let's just play. I always wanted to play, which helped and hurt. The competitive drive in the nature was always there. The attention to detail and technical, um, shot like I guess focus didn't really come I mean my pops was a great teacher so defensively I was one of those guys who could like cover full court and side your feet kind of get after you like a ball hawk um offensively a variety of like moves to get my own shot now I have to say variety of moves to get my own shot because my shot was and it was definitely more of like a Sean Marion type shot growing up I did not I didn't focus on really adapt I just shot what was comfortable to me which was fine when you were six and a little harder when you were 12, 15, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, it's reformed It's reformed to something more like a Lonzo Ball type shot. I was like mid-30s, three-point shooting, around 80s free throw shooting. So it wasn't horrible, but obviously that shot, you know, it, it, I need some time to get it off, or at least like more than your one-two shot release. So I had to focus a lot more on dribbling and step backs and crossovers to create the space I needed to get my shot off. Um, so it, for, um, freshman and sophomore year, really back up point guard, um, junior year, I played starting point guard, and our team was interesting. We had a shooting guard who was a great, great shooter. Um, you know, you get in the ball, the flare or something, he was knocking down three at least seven times out of ten, I felt like. Um, we had our center. Um, he's still a good friend of mine. Uh, he, me and him, our playing style clash because I'm primarily left I'm left-handed um, when it comes to driving, even though I shoot right-handed. So I can go to my right, but I'm much more comfortable and have a much faster first step exploding off my off to my left so we're similar we're similar in that way yes yes but for him the problem for me and him was that he his post up position he loved posting up in the left block and he didn't really develop a jump shot until our senior year together so there wasn't anywhere else to put him except to like give him the ball on the left and let him go to work which clashed with me and where i wanted to go um we had a power forward another good buddy of ours who good rebounder not really much of a shooter, but senior year came around and he found a jump shot, which was around the mid, mid-range, and then it was able to stretch to three from the very top and the very top only. But that worked. Um, and then we, for our small forward, we had another guy. Uh, he was interesting. Not really much of a defender. He definitely thought he was a better shooter than he was, but he was our small forward and I was point guard. Um, but because of the style I played, I was definitely one of those guys as far as, like a, 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 I guess, you know, six foot. For that, we're all the same size there, but I crashed the boards a lot. Um, loved posting up a lot. So, so, senior year came, and we, um, my center's cousin, 
<laughs> he joined our school, and he was a much better point guard. Um, he was definitely one of those score-first point guards, though. But he went to point guard, I stepped a small forward, and then we kept the same rotation as was. And that was probably our best year play-wise. Um, junior year, we lost in the last, like, we needed a play-in game to, like, we needed to, we controlled our own destiny and make it to the playoffs, and we lost that game to a team that was just fundamentally more sound than us. I, even I got beat on, like, it felt like 16 back cuts that entire game. It was very frustrating. Um, <laughs> so we lost on that. Senior year, it was weird because we were all in a different point where I'm trying to, okay, I'm trying to think of, like, the most dysfunctional NBA team that somehow did good on the court. The, the uh, what, what was that, Chicago Bulls team with uh, Rondo, Butler, and Wade? That, you know what, you nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> you, that is it, yeah. What was funny about that whole season is that we ended up 10 and 10. Every one of our wins was away. We didn't win a single game at home. Huh. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious because we're sitting there going, looking back on it, I laughed. I said it only makes sense. That team with that much dissension as we had, that much dysfunction as we had, um, I transferred schools at the time I came back um, to finish with them. That's a whole other story. But we seem to thrive off of the away crowds for whatever reason. Like, we always handled business away from home. And then home, we found a way to just cough it up or whatever. So, again, it comes down to control your own destiny, win this game, you're in the playoffs. And where do you think we play? Uh, you play at home. <laughs> yeah, and that was honestly we lost by three. Oh man, and that was like the most bitter loss. That was frustrating. But that was um, wow, that was high school. That was the high school career. It all came down to junior and sophomore year for me. Yeah, it sounds like you know our games would have complemented each other fairly well because you mentioned the. You know, you're much more of a, a driver, a slasher, whereas I was more of a shooter. And then defensively, you're talking about how you were very good at the picking up full court and the kind of that one-on-one -on -one defense, whereas I felt my strengths were kind of in the team defense where, you know, sliding over and taking charges and, and oh, getting in there and stripping the basketball. So, yeah, I think we would have... We would have complimented each other pretty well. Despite the fact that I was a pretty good scorer, I think that was one of the reasons I didn't play much that junior year when we made that run was because we had four of our five starters were all really good scorers, and three of the four were, were seniors, even ahead of me as a junior. Um, so they, they needed more of that scrappy, that defensive type of player off the bench for that team. It was really fun to... You know, in that junior year to experience winning a sectional title and then a district title and, and getting very close to, to making it all the way to the Final Four, which would have would have been played in uh, Ohio State's arena. Uh, we, we got to end up playing a couple of games, one in, in uh, Bowling Green's arena and then also at the in the Toledo Rockets arena. So it was a very cool experience. And then my senior year, you know, because we had – about four or five seniors graduate. Uh, we didn't have a lot of guys outside of me that could fill in and, and, and replace some of that scoring. So we weren't quite as good, but we did still win our conference and we won a sectional title. So uh, it was it was still a pretty pretty fun experience even my senior year. But yeah, I wanted to uh, wanted to ask you out of your playing days and, and this could be whether that was you know, in a regulation game, or it could be a pickup game, or or anything. What what were some of the moments where you felt like, on an individual level, you were uh, clicking on uh, on all cylinders? Oh wow! Okay, so that's I had one like 
it was it stretches for me, you know. It, I had a three day stretch, and then I had like an entire year. Um, and the three day stretch was was really kind of funny. It was um, I was kind of what just coming to Arizona a little bit after, so sophomore year. Um, and I got a I guess a school like scholarship. They were kind of paying for a couple of um the, the men's and women's uh basketball team to go to the Phoenix Suns basketball camp. Oh, okay. So I. Yeah, it was really cool. So it was a three-day thing out in uh, Flagstaff, um, which was up. I mean, I live kind of more in the city area. It was up north. It was really cool, um, like traditional camping. And what I remember about that, well, first, it was every hoop head stream because it was just basketball. Or like the, It would consist of this. You come in, um, and you wake up, and you, you, know, you wash your face, whatever the case may be. You go outside, and there's basketballs, and you're just playing, right? Then breakfast comes, you go down to the deck hall or whatever, and it's pancakes, whatever you want to eat, breakfast-wise, being served, eat that. Go back out, play ball again, go back, lunch, ball again, <laughs> dinner, ball again, and you have, like, your games and stuff. And then they had, a, 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 like, a limited snack bar, literally all centered around basketball, because you weren't getting phone reception up there or anything else. And um, <laughs> I got to meet Grant Hill, which is really cool, and I had an autograph um, by a... You probably would know him, or at least watch him play Scott Williams. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so he came down, uh, uh, for those who don't know, veteran big man, played with the Suns for a bit, played with the Bulls um, mostly, or well-known for that, in the 70s as well. Um, Probably a few other teams. But he came down and talked, and I remember going, uh, I mean, he's definitely 6'8", 6'9", but he just seems so much taller. Even for Grant Hill, now that I mention it, but just like, wow. And for those three days, I couldn't hit a three to save my life, but everything from, like, (laughs) Free throw line extended in was just going in. It was crazy. I actually won, like, the most valuable player award for, like, that three-day camp for our stretch for our team. Oh, wow. Um, and, yeah, it was cool. They put a bunch of us together. Um, you know, I think it was 150 people, and it was separated to, um, it was separated to, um, what is the word? Like, 12 teams, basically. And so we were the Thunder. Our team was called. But we played, you know, those three days, it was a lot of development. So the morning, afternoon sessions, a lot of just working on your drills and shooting, you know, kind of Phoenix Suns camp stuff. And then at the night, during the evening, was when we played the actual games. And it was it was such a fun experience. Um, I remember one memorable move where I was driving down on a fast break to my left-hand side. Um, someone came to cut me off, and I did. And it's still my signature move, but back then it was like the cleanest I'd ever done it, which was where you basically do like the Tony Parker spin left to right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, it worked like a charm. Like, I remember laying it up, and he was still turning around, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was so cool. I remember saying that in my head, um, which was hilarious. But, yeah, that was the three-day stretch. That was, everything was going in. And then, ironically, the year after high school, the year after high school, I must have played the best ball ever. I, 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 I'm probably not exaggerating by saying that. I don't think I missed a single shot um, in my year 19. <laughs> like, like the whole 19th year, um, everything was going in from anywhere. I was shooting like crazy shots and, and really feeling, you know, intramurals and all sorts of things. And just, um, it, it was a blast. And I remember going, wow, like, my father said this, like, in my sophomore year, that, oh, wow, you think you're playing good now? Wait until after high school. And it was like, gosh, that was right. And I still remember that because I'll go to parks where I hit, like, thir- stuff that I wasn't even doing, like, during my high school career. You know what I mean? Knocking down, like, 13 threes in a full court game of like you know game 30 or whatever things like that just at parks and in school and stuff and it was like wow that was something else and it rode all the way up to um i got um 
accept him to a leadership camp. And so it was at um, ASU. Okay. And we were there for a week, and there wasn't basketball that was to be played. Everything was a lot more structured, but there was a lot of gap time where we weren't actually doing anything. And so I was badgering, you know, the employees of leadership, and I was like, hey, can we borrow basketball? I finally was able to convince a couple of them to let's play a game, and I convinced one of the teachers on the scene if we could borrow basketball, and we played a great game. Except, this is my fatal flaw, I did not stretch. So we're going down, fast break, I pull up for a jump shot, and I throw a pop in the back of my thigh. Oh, no. And I thought it was a Charlie horse, because I got Charlie horses all the time growing up. I'm sure you have as well, you know, uh, once in which just, 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 they happened a lot. So the first thing I did was Gatorade. The second thing I did, and I don't know how effective, it was effective for me, but I don't know how effective this really is with the treatment anymore, is um, getting it punched. Like, punching at the back of it to, like, <laughs> pop it back. Yeah, it was, it, it sounds so weird, but, it, like, it worked. And this is important to the story, because I'm telling you how this 19, like, this this great year ran its course. But <laughs> I, I'm having such throbbing pain, and I'm going to, like, the biggest people I know. I'm like, okay, I need, can you guys punch my thigh, like, as hard as you can, because I really need this <laughs> cramp to go away. And they're punching in, it's pounding, so much I'm shaking, nothing's happening. I'm like, fine, I get to a nurse. You probably had to you probably had to you probably had to warn all these people, you know, I, I promise you this isn't some weird sex kink. <laughs> yeah, I got a few looks, but <laughs> it never occurred to me that. And for like the next two days of the leadership academy, I couldn't even sit on a chair because there's a lump in my thigh. Somebody would have thought, Hey, you need to go to a doctor. But yeah. I said, no, no, I'm fine. This is just one of the worst cramps I've ever had. I'll be good. So I get out the, I get out the leadership academy. I go back home. I said, let me go to a doctor. Go to a doctor. I'm like, you know, doc, I had this horrible cramp for like a week and a half. The doctor looks at me and he's like, what is this? And he's like, it's all inflamed. What happened here? I was like, oh, you know, my treatment was to drink like Gatorade and salt water and have someone punch the back of my thigh. And doc, <laughs> the doctor had a look of just shock and disgust and like wonder and was like well you definitely have a lot of bruising there but you also tore your hamstring and I was oh like, man <laughs> wait what he's like yeah and it is compounded by the fact that you have severe bruising all around the area <laughs> and i was like oh well that makes a lot of sense he's like yeah it's gonna be hard for you to kind of jump off that leg with the same explosiveness i was like oh okay well that sucks and i feel tremendously stupid <laughs> and, um, <laughs> You know, after that, I came back and I was never the same. <laughs> I I don't blame you. I mean, the I uh, I experienced quite a few quite a few injuries myself. You know, I uh, again I mentioned this before we started recording, but I I tore my ACL after my senior year of high school. But then also my junior year, prior to my senior year, I actually devoted a summer towards. I don't know if you remember this program, but uh, Air Alert. It was a uh, it was a jumping program. That uh, was, you know, supposed to improve your vertical. And again, I, I was uh, I was not much of an athlete, but I kid you not, I was uh, I was pulling down the rim by the time I was about about halfway through that air alert program. But then in a pickup game, I uh, tore my labrum in my left shoulder, and uh, so then I had to I had to to stop the air alert. And then by the time the the season started and I was fully recovered, I had realized all the progress I had made with my uh, my vertical was was completely gone. Oh man, that, that that somehow sounds even worse. That's the Paul George injury there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. I mean, that's um. 
That's that's what happens when you play when you play basketball. That's that's one of the things that always amazes me too about watching guys like LeBron and Giannis. You know that that uh, that Bucks Lakers game right before the season was put on hiatus. Giannis had a horrible looking knee injury. He ended up just being a sprain, but uh, he like fell awkwardly, and Avery Bradley was kind of right in his landing zone, and. You know, you, you watch that and you're like, okay, any normal human being, if that was my knee, my ACL would completely be shredded. <laughs> but uh, some guys are just built differently. Oh, yeah. You're certainly honest. I remember that play. Obviously, you know, being a Lakers guy watching um, that play, I was like, ooh, that looks bad. And the fact that he was able to kind of more or less brush it off was crazy. And we seen LeBron with so many ankle twists, different angles, and stuff that would clearly take him out that was like, Wow. I mean, it was weird when the groin injury last year took him out. And I was like, oh, I didn't really see that. And then, like, as far as, like, the type of injury it was, you know, not really truly understanding it. Um, and then, ironically, uh, about three weeks ago, that happened to me. So <laughs> now I'm sitting there going, how is he not out longer? You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. It's crazy that certain people could just kind of shrug it off or, like you said, it just built differently and were able to kind of take that. Yeah, by the time I was about 22, 23, you know, playing in some rec leagues and stuff, you know, it took me about 45 minutes just to get ready to play because I had to put on both ankle braces, you know, I had to put on a knee brace, I had to put on a shoulder brace. I wear glasses normally, so I had to put on my goggles a la Horace Grant. Um, So, so, you know, I looked like a cyborg out there when I was uh, stepping out onto the court. Uh, but but yeah, the uh, the injuries certainly uh, seem to impact both of us. But but yeah, I wanted to get to some of my. Uh, I had a few things listed for me in terms of some some individual accomplishments. A couple that actually happened in high school games that were real fun. I did actually hit a uh, a buzzer beater. It was a three pointer from the corner down two and knocked it in. It was a swish at the buzzer on the road to win a game. That was, uh, you know, one of the greatest feelings, uh, you know, anybody could ever have. That was just pure delight. Uh, and then uh, I also had a, uh, had a game my senior year where we started the second half against a team in Toledo, and, and uh, you know, we were, we were scoring pretty well in that first half, so they went to a zone to start the second half. And uh, I was the team's designated zone breaker, and uh, I hit three threes. And then, like, uh, I uh, after the third three went in, I shot faked, got a guy off the ground, and and took a step in and hit about an eighteen footer. Scored eleven points in less than a minute and a half of game action. Dude, that is solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually had a couple that were you know didn't weren't actual games, but. Uh, I had a uh, I had an exhibition game prior to my senior year where we were playing a team that actually uh, my JV coach was was the head coach of. He had just uh, agreed to to take that job at a different school for for the varsity position, and uh, I hit nine threes in the exhibition game, and uh, he had he had absolutely no answers. I put up thirty one in that game. That was my career high. Uh, if you can count exhibition games as uh, part of your career, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, hey, you played it. It happened. I, I count it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were refs and everything, so I think that's a, that's fair. But uh, and then also, I had a uh, <laughs> I had a uh, pickup game. I was playing at Ohio Northern University, and actually, I was being guarded by the original co-host of this podcast, Anthony Brown, and and he he pretends this never happened. I think because he has you know some traumatic uh, memories of it. 
But uh, we were playing a pickup game, you know, playing the typical, you know, any two-pointers are worth one and threes are worth two, that sort of scoring format, playing to 15. And uh, I kid you not, I was eight for eight from the field and, uh, you know, just doing everything. And, and Anthony Brown was a pretty solid athlete, good defender, but I was putting on step-back moves and, again, going left. That was my preferred move, so that step-back from right to left. Um, and then I would put on a, I would go right and spin and, and get all the way to the hoop with the left hand. And then he, then the next time I spun, instead of going all the way to the hoop, I kind of faded back to 16 feet and hit a shot. The, the score was about 10 to three. My team was, was winning. And then all of a sudden, one of my teammates, a guy I, I didn't know, he, he started complaining to me like, Hey man, pass me the ball. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Dude, we're, we're killing. I am eight for eight right now. Uh, you know, it's it's one thing if you're being a ball hog and you're you know you're shooting twenty percent. <laughs> so so I started pulling a, a 1976 Rick Barry like protest, um, it, uh, where I would just literally as soon as I caught the ball, I just immediately passed to that specifically that guy who complained. Um, I kept passing it to him. It got to the point where the score was uh, was twelve to twelve. Then, so they had made the other team had made a heck of a comeback. And uh, Anthony finally, Anthony finally says to me, "Come on, dude, just play." And I said, "All right, if if you ask for it." And uh, ended up uh, hitting the 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 final three shots to win the game, and we won fifteen to thirteen. Uh, so I went uh, 11 for 11 from the field and scored 12 of our 15 points. Dude, not only did you do that, but you showed up the other guy who apparently did nothing with his playing time. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> that is a story and a half. I love that one. <laughs> All right, so I, I had another little category I thought would be fun to talk about, and, and I've got a couple funny ones, but I, I uh, wanted to hear if you had any humorous basketball stories from, from your playing days or or any sort of experience you've had uh, either watching or, or playing the sport? Okay, so funny stories. Um, <laughs> it was a fucking... So we had one. It wasn't funny at the time, but we played, um, especially me growing up, it was a charter school I went to, so we played a lot of our games in games that were like questionable areas, and I remember this one area we went to, and it was this one, like, you know, inner city gym, but it wasn't even a school. Like, we were just told to meet at a certain time there for our game. And so, we're like, what in the world? So we get over there, and, you know, the school bus drops off, and we're waiting outside for them to open up, and refs come, and they're waiting outside, and we're like, are, are we going to get in the game? And we, we thought the rest had the keys. And no, the t- other team had the keys to this gym. Oh. And so, these guys come up, and yeah, we're sitting on a, okay, and they look at me, and they come in, they open the door, and we, we you know, we, we're awkwardly, like, starting to shoot around here to play. We played this very tight, very contested game. Um, it was, it was, it was one of the more memorable ones I remember, because I hit six threes, and, like, my other friend, he hit six. And we were nip and tuck. And it came down to, like, what, 30 seconds left. I went left, and a crossover right, got fouled, made the shot. But I guess the other team didn't think I got fouled. And... I ended up, it was, this really happened. I got Charlie Horse as I was shooting it, so I probably went down harder than I would have if I had just not pulled a hammy, you know? Yeah. And so it looked, they were like, he embellished the contact. I'm like, 
Nah, man, like, I'm over here running to the, to the, to the coach to get my Gatorade. The coach knew at this point what it was. So I'm like, nah, nah, like, I'm being clean, right? And the ref's like, yeah, we'll see about that. They're not talking to me, talking to the reps. We'll see you after the game. We'll see you after the game. We're like, what? <laughs> like, mind you, we're playing in this gym with us, the other team, the, it was two refs, and, like, five people watching. Like, this was like, I had to ask the coach after, I'm like, are you sure this game was, like, on the record? Or, like, what is this, right? Um, and this was my senior year. definitely had some some similar experiences in terms of uh, going to to some opposing schools and, and playing some games where you're just like they can't be serious like there was there was one game we played uh, my, I believe my freshman year of high school it was it was on this freshman court at this school in Sandusky and it literally was a rubber basketball court the floor was rubber like almost like you would imagine a wrestling mat um and yeah, like there are there are plenty of stories like that. I'm sure that happens all the time in, in, in the lower levels where it just feels like, wow, is this actually an officially sanctioned event? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't look back and go, wait, because you know, we always coach how, you know, scouting, we watch the team and they played on what, we, what video we did see, they played on what like a legal court. Like, you know, it wasn't anywhere as shady as it ended up being. And you're right. Like, you go, wait a second. Coach, you sure you got the right team? Like, they're clearly here, and the refs do to be here, but what is going on? Yeah, that was, that was, that will always come to mind when I think of, like, just um, away teams and home court advantages and whatnot. Like, why? Just the weirdest place to play. Another one, this was growing up, um, there was this, okay, this is funny, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout her out, but there was this girl, um, her name was Jasmine, right? And she had, she had, like, this crush on me, and I, did not reciprocate it, not because of anything of her, but just because she was such a great basketball player. And she was tall, taller than me. Um, she was like 6'4", and I ended up being 6'1", so you can imagine what it was before. And in junior high, she would always pick me to be on the other team so that she could guard me because she took such great joy in slapping the ball away. As soon as I, I, I beat her, to, I had like the quickness advantage, but she would just reach over the top and swap the ball away. Or, like, yeah. go for a layup. And she would, like, block it, but not block it in a way that, like, you block the shot. Like, block it in a way that I push the ball and you back down. And she loved doing that, and I hated it so much, right? <laughs> um, so, growing up junior high, we, 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 um, we had that happen all the time. You know, you know how junior high is, all of that. So, let's go with basketball. Like, no, no, Jasmine, not again. You're not going to, you know, beat me again, whatever the case is. Um and then we ended up reconvening, like, junior year in, in high school. Or I went back to the same high school, started an event. And I was like, wow, you know, hey, Jasmine, how's it going? We met up, we played another game. I lost that one, too. At that point, I felt it was in my prime. So I was like, wow, 
this just this can't this can't happen. What's going on, right? But <laughs> she ended up um, playing for UCLA and then playing um, overseas and now she's the coach in California. And every time, 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 like you, you do know, like one of those games, you found me and I didn't call it, and I'm just letting you know now that we're knocking off the record. So I technically beat uh, a UCLA player. So I'm just letting you know that, and I just do like random stuff. Like, it was fun. In regards to your second story, I got to say I would have I would have given anything if I had some uh, some girl that was uh, real anxious to play basketball with me, given how little contact with uh, with women I had at that time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if I'd known that that would be like one of the few interactions <laughs> with girls after that, I probably would have taken it a little more uh, seriously than I did. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do wish I could I could go back in time and tell my you know, 15-year-old self that it's okay to just ignore who's in the stands and, you know, your performance has nothing to do with them. And, uh, you know, um, just just tell myself that, hey, like, just play the game. Any Anything else that might happen off the court will happen anyway. Uh, I was yeah. a little bit too concerned with, with uh, impressing people at, uh, at times. Um, <laughs> that leads to my last one. <laughs> okay, go ahead. High school, I'm playing, um, and I had when I first started playing, I had the headband, I had the, the wristbands, I had the Nike, all that. Like I'm, I'm chewing the gum, and I'm, I'm, I'm emulating, I guess, MJ. Although I don't remember actively thinking that in my head, but I'm also, you know, there was, I was trying to play to some friends I had in the stands, and I'm playing horribly. I have three fouls, and, you know, it's only five in high school. Um, um, Missing shots, I'm taking shots, I shouldn't, not playing within the full of the offense. I keep nodding my head, chomping on my gum, adjusting my headband. And my pops is in the front row, right? He's like, what are you doing? I was like, what? I'm just playing, he's like, come over here, right? In the middle of the game, I run over to him, <laughs> and he takes my headband and tells me to spit on my gum. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you need to focus on the game. I get back on defense, I get back on defense, play much better. Um... And, and we ended up doing okay. Like, we didn't win the game, but we ended up doing okay. I just remember how, like, my ears must have been burning red because there was comments and people laughing in the midst of it, having to run up to, like, he was, you know, he wasn't on the front row, like, right next to the coaching staff. He was, like, an assistant coach for us. And being, like, told to take off the headband and, like, focus on the game and not, like, messing around. And it was funny afterwards. But the time, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I've got a couple. Uh, I've got a couple pretty funny ones that I'd like to share. Uh, the The first one was uh, this happened. I believe it was my uh, my junior year, and we were uh, we were playing this team, and the opponents had the possession, and, and a guy tried to make a cross court pass, right? And one of my teammates steals the pass, and he's uh, you know he's kind of got a, a free runway to the basket. He's kind of on the right side going in for a layup. The guy that threw the pass, you know, is was on the left-hand side, so he's trying to chase him down, right, to, to try to stop him, foul him, and, and prevent the layup. And my teammate goes up, and even though he's on the right side, he realizes that guy is coming in, and he wants to get the shot off quicker, so, you know, he jumps off the wrong foot. And so he jumps off his right foot and raises his left knee for the right-handed layup and okay. nails the guy right in the groin. <laughs> and uh, the guy also was the guy also was called for a uh, a blocking foul too, so to to add 
to add to his level of discomfort. But he's laying on the floor, I kid you not, for several minutes just in agony. And uh, I should also preface before I get to the end of this story that that, that uh, my head coach was really kind of the, the stoic Phil Jackson type of persona, you know, not typically showing too much uh, emotion on the sideline. And uh, so this kid obviously is in pain. He goes to the bench, uh, you know, is out for a while. The first possession he comes back in the game, he... Uh, he gets a pass, and I'm actually guarding him. And I strip the ball away from him, and the ball starts to roll towards towards the sideline. And I, you know, sprint after it. I grab the ball, but my momentum is still taking me out of bounds. So I jump, turn around, and, you know, I do what most basketball players do in that situation. And, uh, you know, go to just throw it off the opponent. And... Needless to say, the guy that I stripped it from was standing closest to me, so I just chuck it, and the ball goes right in his, his groin area again. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, again, he's, he's on the ground, obviously, in terrible pain, and I look over at my, uh, my head coach, and he's just bursting out laughing. <laughs> and... Uh, and um, this was this was pretty close to the end of the game, but he obviously came out, never returned, and and as we were doing our our high fives at the end of the game, we're we're uh, you know high fiving, and I see this guy coming down the line, and and he's got an ice pack right on his groin. <laughs> oh wow, wow! Yeah, that's Yeah, that's a good one. Oh man! So, so the other one was more an embarrassing moment for me. Uh, so, uh, I'm playing a game my junior year, and and again I mentioned I, I was on the roster for the varsity, but because I wasn't getting a lot of time, they would they would have me play a lot uh, on the on the JV squad, and and uh, for for one of our JV games, I got a, a half court shot right as like the third quarter was about to expire. I put it up and and I hit the half court shot. And my coach after the game, he uh, and, and he was a he was a former player, so he was about I think about six two, but very uh, very strong, muscular guy, a pretty intimidating presence, especially for me at like sixteen years old. And uh, so we get in the locker room, and again, we won the game, and, and the half-court shot was one of the highlights of the game. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there kind of standing by my locker, and he walks in, and he immediately just, like, yells, Garrett. And I look at him, and he's got this, he's got this intense look on his face, right? And I'm thinking, oh, what is, what is about to happen here? And all of a sudden, he just starts sprinting directly at me. And, and I'm going, uh, you know, in my mind, I'm kind of circling through, okay, is, uh, do I have to protect myself here? What, what, what is going on? What is his uh, intentions with this uh, action? And uh, he all of a sudden, within, when he gets to about, you know, four or five feet from me, he, he all of a sudden jumps. And at this moment, to my horror, I realize, oh, He's going for a chest bump, and 
I was not prepared or ready to to jump and and meet him halfway. So instead, he ends up just coming to the ground and slowly sliding down my chest as I'm on the ground. <laughs> And, uh, I was, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, my face was, was probably quite red at that point. Um, I will say though, you know, I mentioned my, my game winning buzzer beater three later in the season. I got redemption because he did the same exact thing a- after that game. And that time I was ready. Okay. <laughs> so you knew, you knew if you didn't catch him the first time, you learned from experience. <laughs> right. There you go. I'm with that. So yeah, that was, that'll do it, I guess, for our, um, you know, funny, embarrassing stories. Thanks so much for listening to Duncan Dynasty. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can uh, you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. If you can leave a, uh, a rating and review, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Uh, the show is also now on Spotify. Uh, if you can uh, give the show a follow, again, a rating on there, uh, that uh, that really helps a lot. If uh, if you've got any uh, questions or comments or uh, or ideas for uh, for future episodes, uh, you can contact me uh, on Twitter at Garrett Bouguet, and also uh, my email is g bouguet at onu.edu. So uh, feel free to uh, to uh, give me any of your uh, ideas. I, I love to hear from uh, from the people listening to the program and uh, enjoy the next week of the NBA calendar and uh, have a great rest of your day. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.